Welcome to the Alex Merced Cast, where Alex Merced of alexmerced.com brings you principled, thoughtful, libertarian commentary on issues that matter. Let me tell you guys about the great services over there at Amazon.com. Not only is there Amazon Prime, which gets you two-day free shipping, along with a host of media and music that you can access through your Prime subscription, but you can also subscribe to Audible and get cool audiobooks and get a free audiobook every month, along with Kindle Unlimited. It's like the Netflix for ebook. You can read as many ebooks as you want every month for a monthly subscription. You can get a free trial to any of these services by heading over to amazon.alexmerced.com. That's amazon.alexmerced.com. Not only can you get subscriptions or free trials to these products, but you can also find recommended product lists such as recommended books and other cool stuff over there at amazon.alexmerced.com. Hey everybody, this is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com and you are listening to the Alex Merced cast. And today what I'm going to do is talk about healthcare. Um, I recently did, did talked about healthcare in my other podcast, Nice Guys Finish Free, which is part of a podcasting network called the Launchpad Media, which you just find it by finding the Launchpad Media on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. It's it's a pretty cool. You have a lots of different shows on the Launchpad Media, so if you don't subscribe to it, you should you really should. It's really good. There's a lot of really cool fun shows on it. Um, but what I did is I talked about healthcare and the American healthcare system and uh, sort of how to think about it because it's been in the news lately, um, mainly because of dis- policy disagreements between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. But the problem is people paint the, he- the healthcare debate in sort of the wrong way where basically the two choices are either have a market-based healthcare system or a single-payer or government-run healthcare system. When it's so much more complicated and, and the American healthcare system is so much more complicated than that. I, as usual, I point you to the book The Primal Prescription by Robert Murphy and Doug McGuff as far as a great history of the healthcare system, so how it got to where we are now. I think it's important to understand that. Um, but the basic gist is basically World War II, there was wage and price controls that kind of incentive, and because employers couldn't give people raises, they started giving people more fringe benefits, and that's kind of how employers got kind of got in the habit of giving healthcare to their employees, and that's kind of the, the history behind that. There's a lot more to it, but that's... That's the general gist. And um, yeah, but really, when you take a look at the American healthcare system, most of the American healthcare system is a government run system. If you take a look at far as who's paying for most of the healthcare, the only difference is that it's not just one government run healthcare system, it's a healthcare system that basically is you kind of have four main payers. You have three government-run programs that are, are buyers of health, payers of health care. That's the Veterans Administration, Medicare, Medicaid. Then you have, the, when it comes to outside of the government, the vast majority of it is in this heavily regulated, at the state and federal level, heavily regulated uh, private insurance market. And the private insurance market is really the payer for the health care there. Okay, so theoretically you have this market of insurance but as I'll discuss, there's not really much competition there either for a variety of reasons. And then you have a very, very, very small market of ac- actual market where you have consumers paying producers and whatnot. And technically, if you generally look there, you do see 
positive sign. This is actually probably the places where you find the most reasonable prices, um, happiest uh, consumers and whatnot. Um, but even even with some of the benefits of price reductions due to sort of opting out of sort of this heavily regulated apparatus here with these other payers, uh, there's still a lot of regulations that keep the prices still out of reach for many people to kind of go that route. Okay, but let's talk about sort of the three systems, uh, those four systems that I just mentioned. So first you have, so people always imagine like government-run healthcare is always just a, just just one way of doing it. Government pays for everything. But really, I mean, here in the U.S., you see sort of three different ways that government-run healthcare can work. The first one being um, Medicaid. And it really kind of shows you what happens when government runs a particular industry. It shows you really the three models that government has and why they don't work. The first one is Medicaid. Now, Medicaid provides healthcare to the poor. So if you're poor, you qualify for Medicaid and Medicaid will pay your bills. Um, now, the problem with Medicaid is that in order to make it cost effective, not it's still expensive overall, but to make it cost effective to be able to provide basically free healthcare to the poor, it, it needs to make sure it keeps its cost down. So it's very aggressive as far as one, what it will reimburse for and how much it'll pay for, for certain government services, which is why a lot of doctors don't take Medicaid patients. They will not take Medicaid patients. Um, just a lot of doctors and basically, and mostly good doctors, the, the better doctors won't, won't see Medicaid patients because you're not going to get paid enough because Medicaid only will pay you so much for certain services. And on top of it, it's not even just what you get paid, but how long it takes you to get paid. One of the big problems with healthcare is because you have these third-party payers, whether it's one of these government systems or the private insurance companies, they tend to take their sweet time in paying the, med the provider. So I may be a doctor and provide you a service today, but they got, may not actually get the check for three to six months um, because of all this process in getting paid. So in that case, one of the reasons I charge you more is because I have to kind of factor in, one, I'm not going to get this money for a long time if I get it at all. So in that case, I need to factor in uh, that when the money does come in, I have to make sure I'm getting enough to be able to operate. So they have to make services more expensive to kind of factor in that sort of time, uh, that, that time of waiting for payment. So that way there's enough cash flow from old business coming in while, new, while the current business is getting pay processed. Okay, so basically, this is why most medical practices probably spend the vast majority of their efforts, the vast majority of their time um, do doing documentation and whatnot, getting the billing right. So then that means you're spending less time on the actual service side. Okay, and then, I mean, you compare that to when you directly pay for things. I go to the McDonald's, there's not a large process for them to get paid by me, I just give them the money. So that way, so they spend most of their time focusing on making sure the the burger is good and the process is good and it's quick so that way they can serve more people. Okay. Um, but so with Medicaid to make enough money doctors, so the doctors you do have uh, available to you in Medicaid oftentimes will be very quick with clients because they need to see a lot of them to make it worth it, to be able to make enough money. Um, and two, they'll do a lot of double booking and whatnot. So you're talking about sometimes long waiting times because you have less doctors, lower quality doctors, and those doctors are really trying to, to, um, maximize the use of their time okay so you don't get the best quality health care there's oftentimes not enough of it because of sort of the government negotiates the price too low and that's kind of what happens Gov government's going to have sort of one of two choices because government can't negotiate prices perfectly no one can the way you get the right price is through a market where you have a bunch of buyers and sellers all competing against each other and trying to figure out who can find the right balance between price and quality 
Now, Medicare, which is for retirees and older people, tends to go in the sort of the opposite uh, bandwagon, where basically it oftentimes pays too much, oftentimes overpays. It oftentimes overpays because basically it's a much more generous system. So to afford the better doctors, to afford the, the amount of care that especially older people need, because that's generally when you get most of your health care expenses when you are older. Um, in order to cover all that, they have a tendency to pay more. And there's actually like rules that prevent them from like negotiating uh, for lower prices for prescriptions and stuff like that. Uh, primarily because they want to avoid the kind of scarcity that Medicaid has. So they just rather overpay than underpay. Um, because one of the things is that older people tend to be sort of one of the most sort of dependable voters. So the more happy they are with Medicare, um, the less likely they're going to vote against the incumbents. So basically, incumbent politicians are very protective of Medicare uh, for that political reason. So you have this very generous healthcare system, but it's very expensive. It's extremely expensive um, and serves a lot less people than, let's say, Medicaid. Um, so you're spending a lot more and a lot less people. So, And this is what Bernie Sanders is saying. He's like, he wants Medicare for all. He wants that system, that quality of system. Um, and it's not necessarily quality. There's a lot of problems with Medicare, too, and a lot of fraud with Medicare. But there's he wants that system sort of available to everybody. The problem is... You that would be a lot more expensive. And he's saying, well, you know, theoretically, we can negotiate the prices down, but then you end up back with Medicaid, where they end up negotiating the prices so low to keep the cost under control that you end up having a scarcity of service because a lot of service providers are just like, I'm just not going to work for that price. Okay, so then you end up having a choice. You can be like, okay, well, if people aren't going to work for the price that I that I want, then, you know, then maybe I just have to make my own hospitals and whatnot. And that's kind of how you end up with the VA system, the Veterans Administration system that's available to veterans, where they can't go to like a normal private hospital. They can't go to a normal private doctor. They have to go to, they can get free care, but it's at, it has to be at the, the, at the VA hospital system. And the way they keep the cost low is because they own the hospitals. They, they own the whole sort of, they're not just paying for the service, they're providing the service. So the problem is you end up with the same situation where you have a, a lot of scarcity. And when the government's running every aspect of it, government isn't, doesn't have the same profit motive where it's like, oh, we want to make sure we see more and more customers so that we can make more and more money. Their government's going to be more concerned about costs because there is no income from providing services. There is only costs. So they're going to have a much more one-sided way of looking at things versus a business Okay, who's going to be looking at, well, yeah, I have to manage my costs, but if I manage my costs too much, then I'm also going to hurt my revenue because people are going to stop coming to me. So there's this sort of balancing act. <clears throat> so then what happens with the VA, um, you end up just getting sort of this deteriorated all-round system um, because the incentives to sort of optimize the system. I mean, I'm sure there's doctors who want to do right by their patients, and there's people who individually want to do right in the system, but the overall system's incentives, the, 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 its prerogative is to manage its costs. <laughs> okay, because, yeah, because there's, again, there's no revenue out of it, so basically you end up with these, you hear about these long, long wait times for, for veterans and that sometimes cost them their lives. And that's what happens when you have a completely government-run system. Now, after this break, we'll talk about sort of the, the private health insurance market. Let me tell you about many of the great offers over there at offers.alexmerced.com. That's offers.alexmerced.com, where you can find great offers for things like NordVPN, so that way you can browse the internet privately in a world where privacy matters more than ever. Or as Bluehost, a great hosting software or great hosting service that you can get at a very affordable price through our offer. 
Check that and more over there at offers.alexmerced.com to find great offers for you today. So, we see what the problem are with the different government models, but basically, another model is, well, what we have in the U.S. is that sort of alliance on employer insurance, which is sort of this really bizarre, I mean, there's already a problem with sort of insurance being the payer, in a sense, because when insurance is the payer, once again, it, it's going to want to optimize costs. It's, well, there's always a problem with the third-party payer in general, so let's just establish that. So if I go to McDonald's and um, I'm paying, they're going to cater the experience, the product, everything towards me because I have the agency. I'm making the decision to pay. Now, let's say, you know, in a situation where you have somebody else who pays for you, then what's going to happen is that then technically my business is going to be catered towards the person who makes the decision. My goal is, because basically as a business, your decision is to get people to decide to, to patron you. So if the person who's getting the service isn't the person who's paying for the service, um, you're not necessarily the person I need to get to choose. Okay, I'm not the, you're not the person I need to cater to. Okay, you can see this with, let's say, like boarding schools, where like the boarding schools oftentimes they're catering more to the parents and they're, the, the selling pitch is more to what do the parents get out of it? Less than sort of, will the kids be thrilled and happy here? It's more like, oh, well, your kid will be trained and be able to learn this, this, and this. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a selling message to the parents because they have, they're the ones with the agency to pay. So same thing in healthcare, okay? It's not that people just don't care, but again, what their overriding interest is is because people need to balance out revenue and expenses. So in, so basically, but the thing is that this third-party payer, you have a third-party payer to choose your third party because you don't get to choose your health insurance company. Your employer does. So your insurance company doesn't optimize to you. They optimize to your employer. Your employer is just trying to optimize their cost in giving you this benefit. So they're looking for the most affordable. So that you have an incentive by the person who basically chooses who your insurance company that's not necessarily in line with what you want. There is somewhat of an alignment because oftentimes the, the people who are making those decisions are subject to the same healthcare company too. But again, they're still trying to manage costs for the company. So your and then your doctor or your medical your medical professional they need to get paid. They're not gonna they might get a copay from you, but for the most part they're getting paid by the insurance company, and the insurance company doesn't want to necessarily pay them because, you know, they want to make sure that they have less money going out than less money going out than coming in from those premiums. That's how insurance companies work, or they wouldn't stay in business. So their job is to sort of make sure that they either slow down the payment process as much as possible. And whatnot, and then also they want to negotiate discounts. So, because they don't want to pay full price, so then doctors and medical professionals were like, "Well, I need to charge this much." So what they do is they jack up their prices, so that way when they negotiate with the insurance company, they can be like, "Hey, I gave you a fifty percent discount," but because they were initially charging double the price. The problem is now when somebody comes in there without insurance, they have to pay the higher price because that would look bad if they said, "Oh, well, it was only." double when I was charging the insurance company. So now all the prices are more expensive for the non-insured customers because they have to charge more, one, for the slow, slow cash flow, and two, to give a discount to the insurance companies because of the, just the weird way that it's done. Um, so this is why you, when you go take a look at sort of like either cash-only practices, these are doctors who basically only get paid up front they don't, they don't take any kind of insurance. They don't take any Medicare, Medicaid, whatnot. They generally charge a lot less. A lot less. 
um, because they don't have to deal with any of that other stuff. And they also don't have to deal with a lot of the regulatory complications. They don't have to hire all the billing specialists. There's all sorts of costs that get reduced when you cut all that stuff out. Okay, other people will go to what's called the direct primary care system, where you're paying into a monthly price into a healthcare uh, network. So basically you pay for this practice, where there's a bunch of doctors. You might pay one or $200 a month, but you can go see them as much as you want, as often as you want. Um, they oftentimes can get you prescriptions at very low prices, because as a network, they'll buy them in bulk. So they can get you most of your services pretty cheap compared to paying like $600, $700 insurance. And that's even before you pay copays, the deductible, um, whatever is not covered and whatnot. So you end up spending like $7,000, $10,000 a year, oftentimes on nothing. Um, and then on top of it, they can get like what's called a catastrophic plan. So that way if they do get hit by a car or something like that or come down with cancer, there is this plan that covers those sort of extreme costs. That's an option. Or at least, I mean, the catastrophic plan kind of disappeared with the Affordable Care Act, which kind of, which is the other issue with the insurance companies. Insurance companies are heavily, heavily regulated. So chances are, even if you did reduce a lot of the regulation, and you, st like, let's say you did have an insurance market where the consumers paid for the market, and you got rid of a lot of the regulatory burdens and weird loopholes and whatnot, you'd probably still see at least a cheaper health insurance market. But I mean, ideally, you'd have a, better, a cheaper consumer market. You just have this place where basically all consumers buy healthcare for themselves. And in government assistance in healthcare in other places, they, they do achieve this in different ways, whether it's by kind of giving people sort of a national health savings account um, or tax benefits for buying their insurance, or what they do is to provide a sort of a very basic insurance policy. Or, you know, the government will pay for base the basics, and then you get insurance policy for everything kind of above that. Um, there's different ways that different governments do it. So when people take a look at, like, say, government health care, every country does it actually quite differently and how you qualify for it, how much you have to pay for it, all these different things are very different. But when you take a look, when you take a look at the actual sort of where consumers directly pay for their services, that's where you're going to find the, you do find the most innovation, the cheapest prices. And again, even they still have to deal with more, a lot more regulatory burdens and costs than they otherwise would have, whether it's from intellectual property um, that gets priced into medicines or other type or different rules regarding how hospitals work that do drive up costs on top of that but they're still so much more affordable than your traditional but i mean you could have a much more affordable healthcare system with a lot of these burdens uh removed so hopefully this kind of gave you some food for thought um you know go study up if you there are countries whose healthcare systems you're interested in Go read up on the details. Oftentimes, they're a lot more interesting than, 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 than you think. There's a lot more complications. And, you know, there are things that work and things that don't work. But oftentimes, the things that work work for some people. They don't work for all people. And the things that could work for those other people can't exist because you've created sort of one answer. So that one answer works for the people that it works for, but doesn't work necessarily always for everybody. This is kind of generally why I always lean towards market solutions where people can kind of try the discover different solutions at different for different niches, uh, different groups in different ways and different setups. So that way there's something that works for everybody. My name is Alex Merced. I'll see you guys next time. Have a great one and enjoy. If you appreciate my efforts to provide you with educational, enlightening, and entertaining content, please do consider becoming a supporter by heading over to donate.alexmerced.com. That's donate.alexmerced.com where you can find several options to support my efforts, whether by becoming a patron over there at patreon.com, which gives you access to exclusive Facebook groups and exclusive content. 
Also, you can also become a subscriber through Bitbacker through a monthly cryptocurrency donation. You can also find cryptocurrency donation addresses and 